Hello, welcome to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're back in the podcast studio with a special episode. This episode is dedicated to research and our research efforts here at Project Purple over the last two years have been strictly dedicated to the Proceed Consortium and what we thought would be a great idea for a podcast since we've had so many of our Proceed partners that are in the consortium on our podcast. We've actually had 13 of them in previous podcast episodes that we would go back and talk about the 13 guests and what they're doing, but also we've never done an episode just on the Proceed Consortium. And so what we wanted to do is talk about that here today on the Project Purple Podcast. So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Project Purple Podcast dedicated to the Proceed Consortium. So the Proceed Consortium was an idea that uh, myself and Dr. Diane Simeone, who leads the pancreatic cancer program at NYU, along with Daphna Barsagni, had way back when in early to late 2017, late 2017, early 2018, I actually, full disclosure, became ill uh, through, uh, you know, just uh, was doing too much and was actually come to find out uh, through further investigation and further testing I was having a gallbladder attack, which uh, was presenting itself um, similar to, you know, pancreatitis and other symptoms associated with pancreatic cancer. I became jaundice. I wasn't eating. I was losing weight at a very rapid pace. And for someone who has been in this fight for over the last 10 years, who knows the symptoms, someone who has uh, lost a loved one, lost my dad to this disease, um, it just became far too common uh, to have these similar symptoms that um, we talk about on a daily basis. And so um, I went to Dr. Simeone for treatment uh, to see what was going on. And come to find out, I, I was having a gallbladder attack and had a blockage in my gallbladder that was causing all sorts of problems with me um, medically. And at the time it was recommended to have my gallbladder removed, which I, I did do eventually. But that first interaction with Dr. Simeone, I was just so impressed with her time and you know her just effort to uh, to help me, you know, become healthy and realizing like this wasn't, you know, a serious issue, but this truly was a clinician that was really motivated to save lives and to create change. And we just began a friendship and a dialogue uh, to start talk about the more serious topic of pancreatic cancer. And really, you know, how could we change this? And we both agreed early detection was the way about going about doing this. We know from other diseases, if we look at breast cancer, colon cancer now, you know, early detection protocols, early detection surveillance that they have for breast cancer and colon cancer are saving lives. And life expectancy is going up. 
mortality's going down. And we both kind of realized and spoke at length about this, that, you know, if we're going to really make a dent in this disease with pancreatic cancer, early detection is the way to go about it. The other thing that we realized was that it's probably not going to be one center or one group that's going to be responsible for, you know, creating this change or trying to, you know, find what that thing is that increases survivability or, you know, creates an early detection protocol. And so we knew we had to collaborate and we knew it had to be pretty big. So in 2018, we began talking and discussing ideas on how we would go about doing that, what it would look like. And quickly, uh, things started to move forward. Uh, we came up with a budget um, in terms of what we were able to afford here at Project Purple in terms of investing a significant amount of money into infrastructure, uh, database, collaboration, meetings, IRBs, and how this would all work and how it would be by design. Originally, we had thought that NYU could be the host site for the data hub for this collaboration and this consortium at the time, which didn't have a name associated with it, but just this group of like-minded individuals looking for an early detection of pancreatic cancer. The other thing that we realized, and if we go back, you know, back to 2000 and late 2017, early 2018, you know, there was a lot of, of studies coming out about genetics. And the one thing that was realized at that point was that genetics do play a part for pancreatic cancer. Uh, there were there were groups that were publishing reports about people with BRCA mutations and how by giving them different treatments, how they were getting successful rates in terms of survivability. Uh, people were surviving longer. They were having better quality of life. Some were even having NEDs or no evidence of disease after treatments. So we realized as well that, you know, there's this percentage of people that are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer that come from a genetic mutation. And that number is right around 10%. So we figured, you know, if we knew that 10% of this population has the disease because of these genetic mutations, if we can identify that 10% and then follow potentially the next wave and also learn from those people who have those genetic mutations, there's a ton of information that we can learn and maybe things in the future can change rapidly because we know that this set of the population is at high risk for the disease. So we knew then back in 2018 that uh, we wanted to go after early detection with this high risk genetic group. We knew we wanted to it to be a collaborative effort. We had decided on NYU as the, the data hub, but then after further discussion, we soon realized that that just wasn't economical and there weren't pieces in play at that time at NYU for that to happen. So now we were kind of left with, where do we go You know, in terms of who's gonna be the data source and who's gonna be able to coordinate all this data coming in at the time, which was, only supposed to be 25 centers. 
but they would all feed into this main data hub, you know, who, who would be able to do that? So Dr. Simeone um, started to do some research and we landed at Arbor Research Collaborative out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we began dialogue with them about how do we build this? What does this look like? How can we manage this? And quickly, we all realized that, that they were the best fit for this consortium, already having been able to do this with other groups and other diseases, not to the degree or not to the, the, the depth that we were thinking, but they could do it. So we entered into contract with Arbor Research Collaborative to be the main data hub for the Proceed Consortium. And we literally hit the ground running in late 2018. We made the announcement of uh, the consortium in November, actually on World Pancreatic Cancer Day 2018, that we were gifting this money as a gift, um, as a grant, research grant, to establish uh, this consortium, which again, at the time, didn't have a name. Uh, fast forward into 2019, and we were still... Uh, kind of going through those early stages of identifying, you know, data centers. And that's when we um, entered into an agreement with Arbor Research. And then once we did that, we hit the ground running, literally and figuratively. And so, you know, fast forward now a couple years into the future and, you know, we've got th over 35 centers worldwide that are working in collaboration with each other to help find an early detection test among this high-risk group. I, I like to use the term an early detection protocol because diagnostically there isn't a test right now that anyone has kind of identified as the end-all, be-all for pancreatic cancer. And some other cancers like breast cancer, for example, we know that mammograms are, you know, great early detection tools uh, or early detection tool for breast cancer. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, women with dense breasts go for ultrasounds. So they have that early detection test. We know with prostate cancer for men, there's a PSA test. It's a blood test. It's a simple blood test that can tell you, you know, if your prostate is properly working or if there's an issue there. We know with colonoscopies, there's colonoscopy, or colon cancer, I should say, there's colonoscopies, which is a, a simple procedure where they can go in and, and look visually at the colon and they can identify malignancies, cancers, precancerous polyps, and they can also surgically remove those within that colonoscopy. Unfortunately, with pancreatic cancer, there isn't any diagnostic test that we know works for everyone. So the goal with Precede, the, the, the larger goal is to increase survivability within this disease. And by identifying people early on in this cancer, we know already, we know someone who is diagnosed at stage one versus stage four has a higher probability of living having a better quality of life, having more options in terms of treatment. So the earlier that we can get to people at stage one versus a stage four diagnosis, we know already their odds go up. So what are the larger 
overreaching goals of pre-seed is to increase survivability. And, you know, we can do that by putting people into surveillance, screening them annually with blood and, and diagnostic testing that's available throughout the world at all these centers and identifying people that are at high risk, number two. Another goal would be to establish screening. We, this disease has never had anything established. You know, there's a lot of work being done on, on blood biomarkers and, you know, nothing that's been definitive. So, you know, there, there is nothing established. It's kind of like a, a free-for-all when someone goes in you know, that potentially is at high risk. That's not at one of these centers. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you screen? There is no screening. So we hope by having thousands and thousands of people in the consortium throughout the world, all doing blood and the same diagnostic testing, that we can establish a routine protocol for the rest of the world to follow because we'll have the data that will back that up. Right now within the Pre-Seed Consortium, if someone is at high risk and qualifies for the study, uh, they are giving blood every year. Um, and then they are also rotating via an endoscopic ultrasound, an EUS, and an MRI. So every other year, uh, they're having one of those procedures. Um, and that is the protocol and the surveillance that we are currently conducting with the Proceed Consortium partners. So this has been, if anything, monumentous to get this thing off the ground. Not only uh, do we have, you know, potentially 5,000 to 10,000 high-risk patients involved in this study, but you also have 35 worldwide partners at some of the major centers across the world trying to find a cure, early detection for pancreatic cancer. And here on the Project Purple podcast, we've interviewed quite a few, as I said in the beginning, 13 of the partners um, here on the Project Purple podcast. So I, I just want to, at this point, go through some of the partners that we've had here on the podcast uh, to just give you an idea of, of some amazing episodes with some amazing people that we've talked to about this thing called early detection and what they're doing at their individual centers. And then also, you know, talking about their work here at the Precede Consortium. So our first one was episode 20. And that was really, you know, I go back as I, as I talked about the timeline, you know, that was with Dr. Diane Simeone at NYU. And that was really the first time we ever had her on the podcast. And we talked about early detection in the space and pancreatic cancer and the things we could do and what they were doing. And that was really when Precede was kind of in its infancy. Again, it didn't have a name at the time, but, you know, really something that uh, was really special looking back, episode 20 with Dr. Simeone, that we were able to kind of talk about it. And, you know, hindsight's always 2020, but really kind of the foresight to where this all has become is, is really amazing. Our next episode, we, we go up quite a bit. Uh, we go to episode 85. So quite a few episodes from that original episode with Dr. Simeone. But we uh, we spoke with 
Jessica Everett, the lead genetic counselor at NYU on the pancreatic cancer team there. And Jessica's main focus is genetics and pre-seed consortium is really centered around these high-risk families. These families that unfortunately have had a loss to pancreatic cancer or have someone battling pancreatic cancer because of a genetic mutation. Jessica specializes in genetics, specifically with pancreatic cancer. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's a couple that people recognize right off the gate when we talk about BRCA or BRCA one and two. Um, Lynch syndrome is another one that uh, people uh, recognize. Um, Palpy, ATM, Palpy 1 and 2 are others that, again, people identify um, that maybe have had genetic profiling. But there's a total of almost 15 genetic mutations that science has identified. And that was an amazing conversation with Jessica because we really got into what genetic testing is, what's involved. And I look back on that episode and a lot of times, you know, here at Project Purple, we ask people to, you know, run races, do workouts, uh, donate, fundraise. And for those listening at home that have never been involved, whether it's been with us or any other charity, genetic testing doesn't require anything other than either saliva or blood. So if you have a family history of pancreatic cancer, all you have to do is donate some blood, donate maybe some saliva to find out if you have these genetic mutations. It could be life-changing. So we're not asking for anything major here, but it's just a, it could make a huge difference in your life and in your family's life. Our next episode uh, with regards to Precede was episode 93 with the wonderful and talented Dr. Talia Golan from Sheba Medical Center all the way from Tel Aviv, Israel. Dr. Golan was here in New York City for our first ever Precede Consortium meeting in New York back in 2019. And we had the wonderful opportunity to talk to her on our podcast. Um, it's really amazing to understand how things are different across the world in treating this thing called pancreatic cancer. And we talked a little bit about clinical trials and some of the things that they're doing there at Sheba Medical in Israel that um, you know some of the centers here in the United States don't do. So it's just really fascinating. And that's one piece you know, with this consortium where we have six to seven international partners that we have the ability to see things that are done in other countries and how that relates to outcomes in a positive way. It's just really fascinating, you know, when we start to look at these things and, and realize like how these things work with patient populations that are battling the same disease. So really fascinating article. Our next uh, podcast was number 94 with Dr. Aaron Grossberg from OHSU. And that was a fascinating interview. We talked about atigraphy and how movement and possibly wearable technology could impact early detection for pancreatic cancer 
fascinating about that interview was that was around the same time that uh, we spoke with Dr. Golan um, in December of 2019. Fast forward to 2021, and Dr. Grossberg is leading a pilot study with three centers, OHSU, the University of Nebraska Medical Center, and NYU, and using wearable technology to possibly find a detector of early detection in pancreatic cancer funded by Project Purple. So it's just fascinating, two years ago, a little bit less than two years, we were having this conversation about wearables and how that relates to pancreatic cancer and potentially detection of the disease. And here we are, fast forward a year and a half, and we've got patient, high-risk patients, patients that are currently battling pancreatic cancer, looking at diagnostics through wearable technology. Fascinating. Episode 97 was with the early detection team at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. So if you're a fan of Project Purple um, and you've been following us for quite some time, you know we've done a considerable amount of investing in the program at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. They got one of the top cancer centers in the country. They've got some really talented people there, and Dr. Kelsey Clutie, Dr. Tony Hollingsworth, Christina Hoy, who is the front end of the early detection team there. Um, and about five years ago, we invested before I think anyone was really talking about early detection in terms of high risk. Um, we invested in helping start the early detection program at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. And so originally, five years ago, we, we helped establish the early detection high-risk clinic there at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. And then through the creation of the Precede Consortium, the team there and the clinic is now part of the consortium efforts here. And so just really kind of full circle for us here at Project Purple as we attempted to do this you know, early detection high-risk clinic on a smaller scale in Nebraska five years ago. And then to see them be involved on this global effort is just really, really special. So that's episode 97. And we talk about all the updates, um, you know, and all the great things happening there in Nebraska and what they've been doing over the last four to five years. Our next episode was episode 98 with Dr. Sonia Kuffer from the University of Chicago Medical Center one of our recipients of a couple of grants that we've had over the last couple of years. And, and Dr. Kuffer has been uh, in the high risk space for genetics for quite some time. That's been a specialty of her, her clinic. She's got a couple hundred patients that she's been following for quite some time and just really excited to be working with her um, here at Project Purple. We're excited to have her as, as one of our grantees of, of grants uh, in the past couple years with our partnership with the Team Corone Foundation, supplying needed research dollars in the greater Chicagoland area. And Sonia talked about her program and what she's been doing um, over the last couple years on an episode 98. Episode 102 was with Dr. Amy Lucas of Mount Sinai. And similar to Dr. Kuffer, 
Amy's been at this uh, for quite some time. The other similarity is they're both gastroenterologists. And I think this is a, a great point to make here on the podcast. When we talk about early detection, you know, in high-risk patient populations, I think the, you know, the, the people will normally think of like, okay, so high-risk, early detection, you think oncologist, but these people aren't sick yet. So healthy people don't see an oncologist until they become ill with cancer. So the bigger question is then, if you think about high risk, you don't necessarily are dealing with a cancer center because, again, people who are sick go to cancer center. People who are healthy don't go to cancer centers. They go to see their GP. Or if they have gut issues, they go see a GI, gastroenterologist. So this was something, even for me, you know, being in this space for 10 years is, is kind of like a little bit different thought process because, you know, you're, you're used to providing research to medical oncologists or, you know, basic researchers that are, you know, in the, the pancreatic cancer space already. But there's this whole other larger field of prevention um, and surveillance in the GI space. Because typically, if you think about it, when, when you get sick or if, you, if families are listening or people are listening that have had family members go through this thing called pancreatic cancer, they don't go to see an oncologist first. They probably go to see their GP, tell them they have like, you know, gut issues, acid reflux, abdominal pain, back pain. And then that GP typically will send them to a specialist. And a lot of times that specialist is a GI specialist, the gastroenterologist. And they are the people that diagnose it and then eventually send that to a medical oncologist for cancer care. But the role of the GI specialist is critical because not only are they identifying the cancer or seeing it for the first time, but they're also the ones that you know, are really on the front lines of this disease. And so this was something, you know, when we started to deal with precede and realizing, you know, we really had, you know, a lot of these uh, gastroenterologists, you know, that are running these high-risk clinics that have these family, family members of previous patients that have come through, that they're in surveillance and they're identifying them. It's just really, really powerful. So, you know, Dr. Lucas and Dr. Kuffer are GI specialists, but they have just such a passion for this disease and have built these large registries already over the last couple of years of high-risk families that are at risk for pancreatic cancer, colon cancer, and other diseases related to these genetic mutations. So really kind of wild to see the foresight that, you know, these GI specialists have had, you know, with this disease, which is something brand new that I never thought about, you know, for over the last 10 years of being in this space, but maybe something that, you know, those listening at home never thought of. Our next episode from the Precede Consortium was episode 115 with Dr. Bryson Katona, who leads the efforts at UPenn. And Bryson's been at it for a while, has a 
very robust registry there of high-risk patients, again, um, with that GI specialty. And just really has done a, a great job there at UPenn, uh, coordinating that effort, and and really has become a national leader, um, you know, in this high risk registry of family members, you know, with BRCA and other mutations that are related to, you know, these GI cancers. Our next episode was 124 with John Graff from Arbor Research, and this was a great episode. We were fortunate to have John Graff, who leads the efforts for the Preseed Consortium at Arbor Research Collaborative out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. They are the data hub, the source of where all the data is held, all the compliance is taken care of there as well. And John was a, a, a an amazing, has been amazing resource for the consortium and, and all the efforts that Arbor has put together for the consortium. Um, he's got a background in pancreatic cancer, and uh, this has just been really a great partnership with Arbor and, and all the work they're doing, and just a really fascinating story about Arbor and who they are, and just the things they are doing, you know, for so many diseases, not just a space, but other diseases is just really fascinating with all their collaborative research efforts that they have going on. Our next episode was 125 with Dr. James Farrell of Yale. And again, similar to um, Dr. Lucas and Dr. Kuffer, um, you know, a gastroenterologist at Yale with a passion for pancreatic cancer and GI cancers. And James was originally from UCLA, moved out to the East Coast a couple years back and has built an amazing program there at Yale and has a high-risk group that he's been covering and surveilling for the last couple years and just a really great conversation with him about the space. He's been in the space for a very long time, was at UCLA for a long time, and then you know now at Yale, um, which has uh, really done a great job of increasing and enhancing their GI program with some recent hires and just uh, really is, is one of the programs on the cusp of really doing some amazing things. Our next episode with Precede Consortium members was episode 141 with Christine Drogan from the University of Chicago. And similar to Jessica Everett uh, at NYU, Christine is the genetic specialist at the University of Chicago working with Dr. Sonia Kuffer. It was a great refresh. I mean, if you look back at the timeline, we had Jessica Everett, genetic specialist at NYU at episode 85, and then we brought Christine on for episode 181, or excuse me, 141, to talk about genetics. And the fascinating thing about genetics is it is moving so fast, folks. And we get this question often, if I had genetic testing five years ago, do I need to do it again? The answer is probably yes. Uh, but we leave those answers to the experts, but it is moving so fast. There's so many things happening in the space, which is so exciting, but it also is critical as a patient. And, you know, if you've had, you know, family members who have passed from pancreatic cancer to really, really speak and seek out an expert in this field. And Christine and Jessica are two of the best, um, and we're excited to have them working alongside our partners in the Precede Consortium. The next episode is episode 146 with Dr. Randall Brand of 
UPMC, the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And Randy's been on board, super involved in the consortium since day one. He's taken on some leadership and executive roles within the consortium. And, you know, that podcast episode was really cool. Um, Randy's been at this for over 20 years. He's really a pioneer in this high-risk surveillance uh, for a long, long time. Has done a great job there in Pittsburgh, working with families locally that have had a lot of pancreatic cancer in their family and have these genetic mutations and has really done an amazing job. It's so awesome to have Randy on board. Um because he's really kind of like the godfather of of high risk and, and GI cancers um, and building out, you know, these large data sets and, and looking and working with families that are at potential for this risk. So just really awesome to have Randy on board. It was a great podcast, uh, episode 146. In our last episode of Precede Partners was 147 with Dr. George Zagopoulos. Hopefully I said that right, George, from McGill University in Toronto. And George is a surgeon, um, surgical oncologist, but has just a passion for pancreatic cancer and for high-risk families and groups and is doing a great job up in Toronto building out you know, a database with families that have a lot of pancreatic cancer and and high genetic risk. And we're really super excited to have George as part of our Precede Consortium and all the great work and all the great things that he's doing up in Toronto at McGill. So just really, really exciting. So all told, we've had 13 episodes that have focused on the work of our partners within the Precede Consortium. So we hope that you all have the opportunity to go back and to listen to some of these episodes and learn a little bit more about the great work that each individual clinician is doing and also a little bit more about the Precede Consortium. In closing, I'd like to say this. What should you do? Well, the first thing I would recommend that you do is if you have experienced a family loss to pancreatic cancer, do you have a genetic risk? I don't, I don't know that answer, but I know the people who would be able to answer that. So what I would recommend is if you've experienced a loss within your family, a parent, grandparent, a sibling, an aunt and uncle within your bloodline, to go to the website, www.precedeconsortium.org. Scroll down to the members list. We have 35 partners around the world. And we'll probably continue to add partners as they come on board. But right now we sit at 35. You can toggle over all of the logos. If you live in Nebraska, toggle over the University of Nebraska Medical Center. You can click on that logo and it'll bring you to the University of Nebraska Medical Center's high-risk program. If you're in Toronto, toggle over the McGill logo and it'll bring you to the McGill website and so on. So identify the the closest center and then reach out to those folks. 
talk to an expert. All these 35 centers want to help people. They want to take your calls. They want to take your emails. It's that simple. Knowledge is power, folks, in this game. And I promise you, we are on pace. I don't know when, but hopefully sooner than later to help create an early detection protocol and to improve survivability of this thing called pancreatic cancer through the efforts of the Proceed Consortium. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear today, please feel free to share this episode. Also, if you listen to podcasts regularly, please add us to your regular listening. You can follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, please be safe and thanks for listening. That's a wrap of the Project Purple Podcast. Yeah.